From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. three here we are Brayden Gunn Cuban redneck himself Mr. Carlos Lopez filling in for the illustrious uh, Jonathan Swindle who is out and about running around today we're hoping he's up in Blundstown getting things ready and then uh, of course uh, Bill George down there on the end Uh, October uh, the weekend of October 16th 17th and 18th it's just going to be me and the boy all alone Mom and daughter are going off on an adventure with a couple of girlfriends. They're going to go do a girls' thing, and I'm thinking, you know, this might be the time to make the drive up to Bluntstown. You think we could broadcast from up there? Damn, that's far. It's, it's a possibility. That's Cell phone far. signal wasn't terrible. I don't know. Did they fix the AC? I don't. It's going to be in October. Who cares? It'll oh. be October up there in the Panhandle. It's going to be livable. Oh, trust I, me. I, anyway, I wasn't invited yet, so. Whatever. Well, I'm I'm not in, I'm I'm just inviting myself. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> like, that, that's my stuff, man. I'm well, it, might be, myself. it may be a way to get them to do the show. That's what I'm saying. Right, <laughs> go up there and uh, we'll do the uh, do the broadcast from maybe up in Bunstown up there right. at the at the Heritage. Well, if you want the real co-host, that's me, not Vince. God, well, well, I don't know. Man. I just want to. I just want to mess on Vince today, man. No, I just want to mess on Vince. He's been taking the slots, man. Well, it's because he's been here. He lives over here in Pinellas County. It's easy for him to get over here. His, his, his wife didn't have him quarantined. That is true. He wasn't on lockdown. He Bill, you've been quiet today. Just keep it that way. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> keep going, Brandon. <laughs> All right. Put your mask back on. Quiet. Bill. Yeah, put yeah, it on. You look, be- you look better with it. Put uh, it on. Before the break, I, I need to uh, do a little correction. Uh, when I did the search for a uh, proper way to cook porcupine and all these uh, recipes came up for porcupine balls and all this other stuff and meatballs and all this other thing, I didn't put two and two together until I started reading the recipes. That was a big thing in Iowa. When I would go visit the uh, wife's... Uh, in-laws and uh, relatives out there, the big thing was either handballs or porcupine balls. And all porcupine... You need, you need to explain that a little better because... Porcupine balls are literally nothing but hamburger and a few uh, other ingredients rolled and they put rice in it. So when the rice kind of cooks and sticks out, it kind of looks like a porcupine. So there's no porcupine in the porcupine So there's no ball. porcupine in the porcupine... And, and no actual porcupine... Balls, yeah. Yeah. So okay. there's none in there. Gotcha. And then and then the handballs, which was the other one that used to blow my mind, they would take a, a beautiful, nice, big, beautiful cooked ham, and they would take that and grind it up and then turn it into like a meatball type thing and then co- recook it again oh. in, in uh, like expect, brown man? sugar and other other sweet ingredients with black pepper and all that stuff and then cook it and eat it. You said that's in Iowa? Yeah. That's because they look at corn all day. I, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, being a southern kid, you know, a big giant ham is something you go and you, you know, lop off a big slice yeah, of. Well, you just and fry you, everything. Yeah. And you, but you maybe put it on they weren't cooking it and then just immediately grinding up. Maybe it know. was the leftovers 
it was another way to prepare leftovers. If no. there's somebody in Iowa listening, call in. That's 888-404-1010. That's not what I witnessed. I witnessed a perfectly good ham that you could lop a piece off of and put it next to some eggs or between bread or whatever it is, you know, and or a big ham steak or whatever. And you mean like cook like with your eggs and that? Yeah, grind it up and then turn it into something else. So ba- basically they're making more work for themselves when they can just... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, lop it off and do what you got to do. It might be all that time waiting for the corn to get ready. So when you guys uh, left the room and did what it is you were doing out there, I, I no got idea. water. And uh, I was searching for more recipes, and uh, the vast majority of outdoorsmen who actually do cook porcupine, they said it is a lot like, tastes like chicken. Chicken. Chicken would be the first guess, I understand. You would say that. What did you say, possum? Possum. Well, what does possum taste like? I don't know. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't tried it, but. Possum tastes like possum. Pork. They pork. said it's closely related, tastes almost exactly just like pork. Was so, it a white meat or dark meat? I, I don't know. I, I wonder if they sous vide. They, they, they might sous vide it. I don't with know. The pork, I, I don't, with the quills pumped I, I am 100% sure they don't do that. <laughs> you, you, okay? you never know. I mean, you, you, you just learned that hey, last week, okay? I, I plan on having some fun with that little thing. You're talking about a, uh, a race of people up there that like canned venison. Oh, you yeah. Know? And, I mean, that's a big thing. I had never heard of that in my entire life. I had never heard of canned venison in my life until I met some people who moved down here from up north. And then when I saw the movie, if you have not seen it, you need to go watch it, Escanaba in the Moonlight. Nope. In the Moonlight. Never heard of it. Are you kidding me? Nope. As an outdoorsman, you've never seen Escanaba in the Moonlight. I've never heard of it. No. Uh, you stay at home a lot, don't you? What's the guy? Just What's a Netflix guy? boy over here? I don't have net, I don't have Netflix for sure. Everybody's got Netflix. I don't know. I'm sure you do. No, I don't. You probably just don't even know you have it. I got Intena TV. So all you just, go, just go to Walmart, get a Roku, and you got it. That's it. So anyway, the uh, Dumb and Dumber, the guy Jeff, what's his name? The other one, not uh, Jim Jeff, Carrey, the other Jeff guy. Bridges? Is he a Bridges? I don't think he's a Bridges. I don't know. I just knew the name. He said if you ever got huge and famous in Hollywood that he would always come back home to his hometown and make a movie in his hometown. And he made a movie called Escanaba in the Moonlight in his hometown. He used the people that live there. He lives all that kind of stuff. And it's about a deer hunting guy. It's about a guy who's always hunted all of his life and he never got a buck. He's never killed a buck. So, you know, it's one of those things where he goes home. It's a coming of age type thing where he gets to go out and, and try to kill a deer. It's a hunting movie, and it's there's this creature that lives up there. I can't remember what it's called, the Whirlawoo or Rulawoo or Whirlawoo or whatever, lives out in the woods and all this other stuff that always messes up his hunt and all this other stuff. But it was a good movie. So you really should go see Jeff it. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up. Escanaba in the moonlight. In the moonlight. You know how they do that? Because it's like Escanaba. I'm going to have to check that out. Up in the Upper Peninsula or something. I don't know. Wow, it came out 19 years ago. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I got the DVD. That tells you how old it is. I'm sure you do. You probably have VHS tape on that. No, I don't have those. A track. Nope. None of those either. So anyway, it made me think of it because they would always... pack venison they'd can venison they'd leave it in the camp you know so they'd have it to eat the next year i've never even heard of it to eat the next year yes yes no thanks man 
big. No, no. You, you can you, and it lasts for it's just like any other canned product. It lasts oh, yeah. for years. I don't I don't know how they would do it, but they would do it and they would they would uh say that it would turn. Sometimes I guess if they had an alcohol or put it in I don't know what you put in there. What do you need to put in there? I have can? no clue. We have a neighbor up Vodka? in Pennsylvania. We have a neighbor up in Pennsylvania who cans quite a bit of venison meat each year. Now, you have you had it? Yeah. Is it good? It tastes good. It does not look good. It yeah, doesn't see? look good because it's in a liquid of some sort. Yes, yeah, of that. some sort. Yes. Now, but that's it, part of it, man. It's got to look good. I, what I never did have explained to me: it's cooked before you put it in the can, or you cook it in the can, like you would can and like and do you, tomatoes. You, you put it in the can and cook it. So you it's not it. cooked when you put it into. I the don't believe it is. I haven't done it. The neighbor does it. I could get them on the phone, uh, maybe yeah, for yeah. another show. Yeah, and have them call in. You want the I, details. Got, I got questions, man. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got I got questions. Maybe that's just a, a more primitive form of sous vide and then spicing it up as you cook it. Yeah, I guess, no, you basically. put the seasons that everything in that little jar. And then you put it in your water bath, and you're heating it up and heating it up. Just like you would if you were doing tomatoes or okra, okra yep. or anything else like that. So. And you can it, and you put and it, it in there? It, what do they do, I it like in a, in a mason jar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And it looks it looks disgusting. Yeah, like gefilte fish or something like that. It's like, like gray, that. Yeah, you know, I, like gray. It, oh, like sorry, I said, man. It, it, you oh, got to get beyond the look. So do you reheat it when you take it out, or you can? Uh, Not they were everybody. Just, yeah, they were just eating it right out of the jar. L- listen, the only thing Cubans eat is like beans out of a can or something like that. The the, the cheaters like me that aren't <laughs> gonna do it old school, you know, where you <laughs> you put the beans in the water and all that, like my mom used to do. I just open a can and you know stick it on the manifold. While I don't you're have driving. I don't have time, man. You know, but but th- that's the only type of canning that I'm used to. Well, I just thought it was interesting that only a this guy here, man, I would love to spend a week in camp with this guy because his recipe for his for what they did at their camp with uh, with porcupine. Now, you want to talk about getting it done the old school way? Here you go. He says, uh, we did one up at camp one time, and it tasted surprisingly pretty good, much like a pit-done pig. We rolled the porcupine in mud until it was fully covered, no quills covering, two or three inches of mud. We dug a pit, filled it with rocks. Not for the steam. We had a nice fire. When it was a bed of coals, we placed a porcupine in the pit, covered it up, and if I recall correctly, we let it sit there for four to five hours. But it may have been wrong. It was a while back. But once we pulled the porcupine out, cracked the mud cover, which pulls the skin and quills away from the meat, we started pulling strips of the meat off. It was delicious. Bon appetit. Now that is hardcore porcupine cooking. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I want some spices on it. <laughs> Sorry. You got to inject them first. That's <laughs> how so it is. I need some melted butter injected in that thing before you stick it in the pit. Yeah, All song. Right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. They got that deal going on over there all the way through September. Go get your best deal on a car or truck today. If Brooksy's there, tell him you want to talk to the man. Get yourself a good deal on a nice car or truck. We'll be right back. Wild Outdoors, Braden, Bill, 
Carlos, Diego. We're all here inside. Uh, and of course, it uh, would have been a beautiful morning on the lake this morning. It would have been a beautiful morning to be out dove hunting, hey, obviously. We, we, we get out of here at 10. It's still know. morning. Because uh, I'm sitting here, of course, my back is to the window because I have to look at you mugs. And Carlos is looking over my shoulder and I see his eyes going back and forth. He's like, dude. Have you noticed all the doves that have been flying by those the window doves. all morning? Those are those little blackbirds. He there's doesn't a cu- know the There's difference. a couple of doves in them pine trees. I've seen them outside. Yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing any, but I just now looked. So uh, they could have been there a second ago and then gone. Bill, you've been sleeping. I watched you. <laughs> uh, today is the opening of the first phase of dove season. So if you're going to go uh, this afternoon, maybe you didn't make it this morning, but you're like, dude, I didn't know that. Maybe I can go this afternoon. Grab the kids. Go. Go have a good time out there. You got plenty of time to get out there today. Uh, duck season, of course, opened in uh, deer season's going like gangbusters already. Started last weekend in Zone C. So there's lots of folks out in the woods today as well. Uh, I did get this, and I kept waiting for uh, Bill George to call me and start busting on me about it and uh, give me all kinds of grief like he likes to do. Uh, He's got enough for everybody. uh, The FWC, if you are paying attention, is in need of a and accepting applications for a nuisance alligator trapper. Nuisance alligator trapper in Pinellas County, right here in Pinellas County. Do that. I say that's that's exactly what I knew. I knew that was coming. Yeah. And I'm, when am I going to have time to listen, do that? Listen. You know where to get the gear. Listen. I, I'm not worried about gear. It's it's time. No, no, no. It's, it has to do, you get a couple people that work with you that are agents, okay? And then you do some, they do some. You have time. You what better way than to take your, What better way than to take your kids out and let them participate in that? Subcontract? What is that? Explain to you how the subcontractual uh, well, actually works. As an agent to the state, okay, it, what basically that is is you are the lead person for that position in Pinellas County. All of Pinellas no, County. No, you have all, you're in all of Pinellas County, but. So can I actually uh, like have Carlos call for a nuisance alligator somewhere around, I don't know, Lake Megory or something? And then you might not get that call because there's other trappers in Pinellas County, and that may go to the another trapper in that rotation. You, you're not guaranteed that call that Carlos might have done, and that's wrong, and you don't want to be caught doing that. How but, many people do you know of that but, are in Pinellas County as alligator nuisance type people? They, at one point they had five, but... What it is is if you are the person with the position with the state, you can hire several trappers to help you, okay? So let's say I was on this side of town. You could sit there and say, hey, you want to be my agent? And if so, anytime there's a nuisance call, you could sit there and say, hey, Bill, you want to get this one? They need you to go over here and boom, you can go over and have somebody else help you out. Other trappers help other trappers because it's like, okay, you're already up on that side of town working one alligator. You want to work this one, you know. So basically, <clears throat> you don't have to go do any. You just call the other four guys. Hey, here you go. And no, he said you have to go. You, 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 you don't need to show you, up. What's you don't name? have to. You're you're the one the state reaches out to. You okay? get the call, so you own. You get it. the call. Yeah, but how am I gonna make any money doing that when you, they're doing all the you work? You split it. Well. Right now, you're not making a bunch of money in the, in the nuisance alligator business 
because the alligators aren't worth a whole lot right now. Will that ultimately change again in the future? Possibly. Could be. Sure, well, yeah. You know, I mean, if you got a 12-footer, and, and that's when, good. And when the times are really good for the nuisance trappers, the positions aren't open. So if you want to get in, that is the time to get in. On is the when ground floor. Yeah. Well, now, uh, if you're interested in doing this job, you must be able to uh, supply any equipment necessary to take alligators, including a truck, boat, snares, hooks, etc., I didn't know that you could use a boat. I thought if you were a nuisance or whatever, you had to use the property of the person who called the, in. There the, is. The, they will occasionally give you access to boat. Let's say it's a person's private land and not public. You might have more freedoms with the boat than you do if you're on a public body of water where you're only limited to the person's backyard. Okay. Uh, you have to have a, uh, let's see. Uh, have sufficient time to efficiently respond to permits to remove nuisance alligators. Have a record of adherence to fish and wildlife regulations and no criminal history. Uh, possess personal communications capabilities, including a cell phone and email. Assume personal liability for health, welfare, and safety of themselves and their trapping agents. And provide uh, and project a positive image to the public and the media. Applicants must be able to pass a criminal background check and have no fish or wildlife law violations. And uh, they're basically saying that their goal is to provide an alligator trapping program to proactively address alligator threats in developed areas while conserving alligators in areas where they are naturally occurring. Okay? A.K.A. all of Florida. (laughs) Trappers must um, uh, make the most of their money by selling the hides and meat from the nuisance alligators captured, but may also receive a small expense reimbursement from the FWC for each alligator taken. So I guess they give you like uh, right now gas money, and then no, uh, right now it's thirty dollars an alligator, and that's a that's a fund that ran out every single year for a lot of years, and I fought real hard uh, to address that issue and to get that fully funded uh, for all the alligators that they normally project to take. Um, Because what would happen is a nuisance trapper, and this this last year it didn't make it three-quarters of the way through. It it made it a little over halfway through the the nuisance season, and um, it's just not right to send those people all over. You want them to be on your beck and call to go resolve an issue because you have to be ready to go at any time and 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 you turn around and didn't even want to pay him the thirty dollars which you said hey we'll give you thirty dollars an alligator but our budget ran out sorry Mm. that's probably why they lose a lot of we only we we're but we'll spend a million dollars on lionfish trying to promote people getting lionfish we'll spend a million dollars there but a couple hundred thousand dollars for nuisance alligators that turn around and in people's swimming pools and garages, eh, lionfish are more valuable. That's what the sheriff's department's for. Call them sheriffs. They'll be out there. They'll so, put a lasso on it and get it So they, they did do good. They worked with the uh, legislators and made that a priority and got it fully funded. So that was good. Well, that's good. Good, good that, job. That means that uh, you'll at least make 30 bucks. So you'll get gas money to go out there and uh, catch your alligator. Well, you get a nine-footer, nine you're going to get what? 80 bucks? Belt. 80 bucks. 80, you got a 10 footer, you're going to get 100 bucks. 
So you get one. You get one alligator. Uh, you're making a buck and a half, buck twenty somewhere. I just want to see yeah. you strap one on the big top of that red car. Oh, on the Focus? I don't think it's going to fit on there. I'd have to <laughs> cut him in half and stick him in the trunk or so something. Bend them and put them in the but trunk. That would be kind of funny. You know, the old days with the deer on the hood. And yeah. This would be alligator four, across the top. Four, four feet of tail sticking out of the trunk. <laughs> Dragging it down the US-19. <laughs> hey, how you doing? You'll, be on, you'll be on YouTube by the end of the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I'd have to get it all. I'd have to get the Focus all camoed out and have, like, the big, you know, the big trapper thing put on the side and all that stuff. So... The, you know, that I don't have protests from PETA somehow, you know, stopping me on US-19. Look at what he's doing. He's out there exploiting the alligators. That shouldn't be right. That shouldn't be allowed. Well, anyway, if you're interested in the job, all you got to do is you got to go to uh, MyFWC kind of dealio, and then uh, they'll have it on there on the front page if you want to put an application in for it. You go to their application page and uh, put in all your information. And they will let you know uh, where you stand on that kind of deal. I've never had to do it before, so I don't know if they call you back or make you come in for an interview well, or they, they show up at your house. The, or the the first thing they'll do is they'll turn around and look initially at the candidates, the ones that they think are, are somewhat viable. They will turn around and you take a, an online test. And then once you turn around, you pass that online test. Then they'll turn around and interview people actually you know, sit down and interview you and talk to you, trying to find the right candidate. And and I cannot stress the amount of importance public relations. They don't. They're not looking for for Bubba to go show up and 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 trap the alligator. They're looking for somebody who's good at customer PR mm-hmm. and presents that uh, professional type like. Yeah, well, you know, it's, they said that in the in the little story there, but, but that is that is paramount, you know. Well, other caveats now that I've gone to the FWC application page, uh, trappers must live near the proposed assigned coverage area. All trap all alligator trapping agents must purchase a uh, ATA, which is an alligator trapping agent license, which is fifty bucks. Trappers must have email capability, must have time and flexibility to effectively accomplish and establish their duties. Trappers may need to have additional employment because being a nuisance uh, alligator trapper may not provide sufficient income to support an individual or a family. Trappers and their agents must be committed to providing exemplary customer service while performing their duties, as Bill George pointed out. Applicants will be required to submit to additional personal information such as uh, date of birth, social, driver's license number, and if contacted about an opening. And I'm sure you're probably going to have to go do a little uh, urine type thing as well. I don't think they do the urine, but they will run a background check on you. Yeah. Well, okay. I understand that. It's all good. Uh, and so all you got to do is basically fill out your... Um, your name, middle name, uh, street address, zip code, all the stuff like that. And uh, how did you learn about the uh, position? And uh, if you have an alligator license number already, just go ahead and put that in there. Your age, home phone, work phone, email address, and then got a boom, bada bing, got a boom, gone. Let's start the process. I can do it right here on my phone. Yeah. Car- Carlos. Go, go ahead. Carlos Lopez. Nope. Don't, I don't. I live in Polk. You can oh, there's, live to drive. there's people who have no. They said you have to dr- live in no, the area. Vicinity, vicinity. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. I, I live in the county with the greatest sheriff in the world, Grady Judd. I am not going to deny that, my He's friend. He's the man. But that doesn't mean you can't drive over here and take care of our alligator problem. 
I don't have time to What's even go alligator hunting. What's your birthday? Don't worry about it. What? Witness Protection Program. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah. We'll just ask the wife. Oh, there's the music. Here we go. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We're going to take a quick one. We'll be right back. Uh, Back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. There you are, Braden and uh, Bill George and Carlos Lopez. What is that? All that? Why are you throwing up all that up there, man? Cuban redneck, man. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, for those of you who didn't know, uh, uh, I, I don't think we talked about it last week, but with all the rains and stuff, I know that a couple of guys had told me they tried to get out to Tenor Rock to go out and do some fishing, and they couldn't get out there because the road was. Kind of washed, washed out, out there on yeah. the side what? there and all that stuff, but apparently it's all reopened now. So what? How does a road wash out out there? R a i n. Out there? Well, uh, it's you know from there's a, a ditch. whole bunch of lakes or stuff on both <laughs> sides of a major road. <laughs> you think it would well, drain could, properly? Could, could, be the, could be the clay roads, you know. Yeah. Well, a lot of water. I don't know. Yeah. So it's uh it's reopened out there, so everything should be all well, good. Well, not not good for the Focus or the Hyundai, but no, you not, know, no, it's it's truck. It, it is what it, yeah, truck would make it. All right, no problem. But uh, it was temporarily closed, but now it's back open. So. Uh, I guess the little fishies out there have had a week reprieve, so uh, there ought to be some good biting going on these days. Uh, speaking of biting, our good friend uh, Stephen Austin is going to go do something that he's been talking about for doing for quite some time. I told him, dude, you got to call the show once you're done. He's going to go do Disney. What? Yep. Finally? He's going to go do Disney. Well, last night I had them kids out. and No, I think- y- you don't understand. He's going to go do Disney. Not the park. Not any of the theme parks. What one? He and his grandson. They're going to go out and do the bass fishing. Really? He's like, dude, I've been talking about it for years. I've been wanting to do it for years. So I finally set a date, and we're going to go. And he said, look, I want to go out. I want my grandson to get out there. I want him hauling in eight to ten pounders all day long. So, I, you know, they he's going to go out. They got some big fish over there. Yeah, man. so uh, he's finally going to do it. And uh, I said, you got to give us a report after you're done and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, he's going to head over there and, and do it. I said, dude, you also, if you really want to go get some nasties, you should call Stream Song. Them boys in them phosphate pits, they got some honkers in there, man. I mean, big old boys. But uh, speaking of big old boys and little kids, Bill George last night went out because you could tell by his wild hair. He came in here this morning, looked like the professor from uh, from uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, it looks like he came in on a motorcycle with no helmet doing 150. Good morning, boys! Uh, <laughs> but that's because he had a long night last night uh, and uh, went out and took some kids. And uh, it was a husband and wife team as it well. It was a husband and wife Um it was Corey and his wife, uh, Marissa. What are you doing, Carlos? He's not worried about it. You're <laughs> talking to the mic. I'm, I'm He's taking the, pictures. I'm He's always taking the, pictures. I'm doing the vents. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it was her tags. We had gotten Corey out 
a couple weeks ago, took two 11-footers, uh, but brought the wife out and uh, the additional young daughter, who's like six or seven, and we turned around and uh, we took two that were about 9'9", nine, nine, just under 10, took two right and got that done just before dark and uh, got the boat back on the trailer right as the mosquitoes started going crazy. Wait, seriously, you were done before uh, dark, dark? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I got to ask you, not to be facetious, not to be a smarty pants, but what exactly did a six-year-old do while you were out there on the alligator hunt? That one did not do a lot. Addison, on the other hand, this is her fifth alligator participating in this year. So she's a pro. She's She turned uh, 11, and she did the bang stick, and she likes to do the cutting of the spinal cord. Oh, really? And she held a rod at one point. And she uh, was holding some of the ropes just to keep them, you know. But if the alligator were to run, it was her job just to let it let it go. But keep a hold of it. Just just kind of put keep, keep a hold tension on, on it. it. Did you take a little video of this? No, no, uh, he was out time. there. He's out there working, man. No, he sometimes no, sometimes so, he props up the iPad and yeah, videos. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't when done I'm that. there because he's trying to. Catch a mistake or of something. Of course, yeah. yeah so this is, and this is so where could, Carlos so took so his foot So he could dwell now, on it. When, when we take a video, we'll we'll see about having Diego go out, and we'll video Diego, and we'll put Diego on living the water life. Oh, my as, gosh. As the alligator not slayer? Not the cameraman, but Allig- the alligator man. As the alligator slayer. <laughs> so how big were the ones that you got last night? I might have missed that. They were they were like nine nine. One was dude, that's awesome size. No, no, perfect. Oh, those are solid, man, solid. But yeah. but the thing is, what was perfect is we went out there. We had a good time with the family and the kids. You don't you don't when you take out now Addison, she'll go all night. She she's just I I say she's gotten more alligators than Carlos has. That's not true, but uh, it, it is true. No, that's not true, but I mean really? five this season alone. Five this season alone. And she's been with me for, for a lot of years since she was about the 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 uh younger daughter's age she's been out hunting with us and uh, she's she's really she's getting good. She's getting really good. She's I, getting hardcore, man. Oh my gosh. She's ready to I mean, she's not afraid of there's no ooey gooey anything. And uh, get down, get dirty. It's all good. She's she's all with it. She's on the right track. Well, now you uh you posted the picture up on our uh, Facebook page. Am I, I correct? I so did. Uh, you can go on there and uh, check it out and see the the big lizards that were uh, taken off of. Did you want to mention the lake or is this? Oh, just these a were county? like Hancock alligators. Like Hancock alligators, and it actually calmed down enough that both these alligators were taken out in the wide open lake. Really. So I mean, bubble trailing, or just saw them and threw a hook and chasing, uh, chasing them, chasing them, getting a hook on them. The favorite method. Yeah. And and one of those alligators, I hate to say it, destroyed one of my good rods. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) So I have turned around, reached out to Mike Amix, and said, "I need another one." So wait, did it destroy the the rod itself, or guides, or I mean, did no, it no, fail? No, no, there's there's four guides left towards the real. So it ripped the guides out. No, Who, no, no, the rod got broke in half. Oh really? 
and it was my fault. I had it in my hand, and uh, I had a reel I had put on there that lights it. It's drag when an alligator runs, likes to tighten up of all things, and you spend half your time trying to either hold the drag from tightening. Um, I need just to put a different reel on it. But uh, I told you you can't use them little Zebcos, man. No, it's it's not a little Zebco. <laughs> need like a Fenor or something. Yeah. But you know, it is a Fenor, <laughs> and uh, for some reason, this drag likes to tighten up when that alligator runs, and so um, it got. I worked it all the way to the side of the boat, didn't get the drag loosened up, and then all of a sudden, it decided to do the death roll, and just rolled up, and that rod went down there around its head, and it. <laughs> Snapped it, snapped it right in half. So and broke off, and so I oh, turned great. around and it's like, okay, now we had no line on this alligator, and I had to work to get them hooked again with another, the other rod, the sister rod to it. And uh, I turn around and it's like we have vengeance on this alligator. This alligator has to come in the boat because <sighs> payback it, for the it rod. It just ate that rod. Payback for the rod. Well, now you 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 know your season's in full swing, so obviously you have a lot more of these to go before you uh, retire got, yeah, for the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I got I got lots to go. So I'm, I'm he'll, thinking, be, he'll be running to the last day. I was going to say I'm probably thinking until uh, at least November when he's headed up to Pennsylvania. Oh, That's it's about it's when the week be. after Thanksgiving. It's yeah. the same week every year. I, I understand that. I'm just saying that you're, I realize that you live day to day. Yeah, I do. <laughs> No, but day the hey, wait day. a second. No, in his defense, the time we went before that, it was before Thanksgiving because we ate Thanksgiving together. Yeah, no, no. It's, oh, it's, okay. it's the same day every year. Just checking. Same day. That's a stupid look. It's just day to day, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Big and Wild Outdoors, we come back. I'm going to give you a little more, uh, a few more tips for logging in and reporting your harvested deer here in the state of Florida. Yes, you have to do that. Yeah, you do. So and That's anyway, the easy part. If you're out of state, Hunter, bringing something back, that's tough. That's the pain in the butt. Anyway, we're going to give you a few more hints and tips when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Don't you go nowhere. Stay right there. Braden, Carlos, Bill, and Diego in the house. Well, and, uh, sitting here hanging around doing uh, absolutely smurfly nothing. And uh, we were just talking a little bit as Bill was walking out to get some hot chocolate, it looks like, from the uh, scum on the rim. <laughs> hot, yeah. cho- hot chocolate? Yeah, hot, hot chocolate. chocolate. What was I talking about while you were walking out? I can't remember because Carlos got me all messed No, we were talking about. I, I before, brought the, before the bear spray. Bear spray. Before that. Right. Before that. Well, we were talking about getting those little girls as alligators. Yeah, we already did all that. But there was uh, Porcupine something. Porcupine balls? No, it was something okay. between there and when you opened the door, we were talking about the uh, incident down in St. Petersburg. Oh, that's, that's right. right. You mentioned I told you I watched the news. The governor signing them. You said something. Like you the said there was an incident them. at a restaurant or something. Yeah, down on uh, Baywalk, down area, down in downtown St. Petersburg kind of thing on there. And just uh, <clears throat> another reason not to go downtown. 
So just for me and Listen, the kids. Well, what happened? What was the deal? Uh, the protesters, whatever they want, they came down there and uh, then they sat down at these people's table, you know, elderly couple, just, you know, basically crossed the invisible barrier and came onto private property, sat down at the table and, uh, you know, chanted, screamed, yelled, whatever, until finally they got tired of it and then they moved on to go harass somebody else. You know, th- those people, you know, they need certain people like myself, to be sitting in the next table, and you'll see a different situation. Well, you know, and there were people who had that discussion. Uh, because they, they prey on people sometimes because they're elderly, they're old, they're by themselves, or whatever. They, they don't, sometimes they mess with the wrong people, and you, you um, sometimes, sometimes you get the bull, sometimes you get the horns. Which my point was is uh, there's, there's too much around us to be uh, worried about that kind of stuff. So you could go out and do some fishing. You could go out and take the kids out, go do some alligator hunting. But on this weekend, you could go out and do some dove hunting. It's all good. Uh, national, uh, you know, uh, but, but you hunting know and fishing I, I, is coming up pretty soon. It's, I, I think the businesses also have some sort of responsibility in that. If you don't t- protect your patrons, then people aren't going to go to your point of business, you know, and you're you're going to lose it. You know what I mean? You you need to do the right thing. Yeah, I don't think I need any bouncers at uh, you know at Applebee's. <laughs> Still, you ask them to leave at that point. They're trespassing. Well, that if you're on private property, I can understand. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's no big deal. I, I I get you on that kind of deal, but uh, it brought up a debate on uh, the effectiveness of of uh, personal sprays and things like that. Um, that Pepper I, spray that I got involved in and all that kind of stuff. And of course, the the statute in the state of Florida says that if you're Carrying it on your person, and you are not a concealed weapons permit holder, you're only allowed like two ounces, you know, the little well, tiny personal defense ones. What are you allowed if you are a concealed weapons carrier? Well, that was the thing that a lot of people were saying, that uh, the statute only gives you a description of what you can carry, but it doesn't say what you can't carry. And so uh, I know that you cannot get large volume uh Bear devices, any of that stuff, like delivered by Amazon or any of that stuff, they won't ship it to the state of Florida. So uh, uh, I used to be a rep for counter-assault. I carried that in my car. You may have to find a retailer that will carry it, but the thing is is that they won't ship it to you is what they're saying. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of like certain ammunitions that are not legally sold or shipped to the Well, you uh, know, you know what? You, you are right because they did ship me, but they were empty samples. That's right. Yeah, so uh, I remember they were empty. Yeah, so uh, you know there was the discussion of that as well, and what you could use, and uh, what what you could use is for personal protection. And of course, it then turned out it's just fine. If you can't uh, get bear spray, then uh, no one can tell you not to carry a can of a wasp spray in your car. So if you have friends in Alabama or Georgia, just have them ship it there, and then when you hook up with them, well, everybody else, everybody else on the thread that was having this discussion said, "Well, I'll just have my brother, you know, in Alabama, pick me up a case and bring it down." You know, or you can get some like at maybe Bill Jackson's or one of these places that there are some places where you can still purchase it. You can buy it. We travel. It's all you know. You got to go where you got to go, and if you're going to go out and bear, but you know that doesn't make sense because there are a lot of bears here in Florida. Why can't you? You know, 
possessed oh, these bear are spray. cute, cuddly bears, and they, they, they we love them when we cherish. Yeah, them. okay, <laughs> go go. Yeah, go pet the brown, the black, the black bear. Yeah, go pet the three hundred pounders. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go those, pet them. One of those big old boars out there around uh, Perry area. Video it while you're at it, so when when he's tearing you apart, you, we can see the GoPro on the floor and maybe get a good picture. Look, mommy, it's gentle Ben. Yeah, go up there and pet him. It'll be fine. Teddy bear. Actually, before the break, we were talking a little bit about giving you some tips on uh, reporting and logging in your uh, harvested deer here in the state of Florida. So just remember that the uh, FWC has made it quite easy. We always tell you you should always have these numbers in your phone anyway. You should have Owl's Wild Meats in your phone. It should be there anyway. Owl's Wild Meats, it should be there. Get the cell phone number, put it in your ear. Uh, the uh, the little uh, pound FWC, you should always have that in your phone as well when you can report something. If you see it, you need to report it so they know that it's happening. And this would be another one that you're going to have to have in your in your uh, cell phone. To report your harvest, make sure you replace last year's phone number um, with the new one, and they made it really simple. It's 888-HUNT-FLORIDA. So just remember that, 888-HUNT-H-U-N-T-FLORIDA. F L O R I D A. And that equates to uh, basically 888 486 8356. But uh, that way you have the number so you can do it and do it right over your phone. The uh, Hunt, the Fish Hunt Florida app, if you want to log in and report, it can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and Google Play before you go out and head out in the woods. And if you want to do it online when you get back, which um, Bill George says you have to report it as soon as you kill it or one of those things before you You have it. to log it, which if you use in the paper form. You have to write it in. You and write it in, yeah. and then you report it once you turn around once you and get, get back. back. So you can go online to report it. Uh, if you want to bookmark it and put it in your computer, it's pretty good to do. Uh, it would be gooutdoorsflorida.com. Yeah. GoOutdoorsFlorida.com so you can easily just go ahead and navigate it through the website and do your thing. Uh, the paper harvest log, print extra copies and take them with you. That way you always have a couple of them in the glove compartment or wherever it is in the truck. Put it in your rifle case. You with, know, a, with, a, with a pen that writes. And, that would and, be a good idea. Or a pencil that you don't have to worry about uh, running out of ink or anything yeah. like that. And when you turn around you run into that friend that didn't know you could give them of copy a little extra you know i always say you know put a couple of them in your in your rifle case or whatever that way you know it's, it's all right there ready to go if you need more uh information about the options all you have to do is go in and go to uh uh fwc they have it all the frequently asked questions section there in the uh the deer hunting section all that stuff they give you all the information and blah 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 blah, blah. Hey. but the phone is the easiest way to do it and that's 888 hunt florida pretty easy yeah yeah. That's like the license plate. 888 Hunt Florida? Yeah, they, they have those. Uh, that's what it says on their license plate, Hunt Florida. Yeah, but it doesn't have 888 on there. That's the free number. <laughs> like here, 888 404 yeah. Well, I, I will say last year when they did it, it was a, it was a quick implementation based upon when the, the rule got passed and went into effect. Um, it may not have been perfect last year, but it functioned I was able to report yep. without any incident last year. I know several other people who reported without incident. Now, I know that there's a uh, commission meeting coming up online here pretty soon. Uh, I did not know this. I just got this news alert this past week. But 
there are FWC is already proposing some hunting changes for a 21-22 season coming up. I mean, it's, they're already thinking about it. It is constantly FWC's hunting works on a schedule. They take recommendations at certain periods of the time of the year. Then they internally vet those those recommendations. Some of those make it into draft rules. Draft rules go on such and such date, get get submitted to the commission. The commission votes on them and discusses them in draft form. Then they go in final form in February, and away you go. So you'll have a December, February type, I think. You probably have comments on draft rules right now or, or ideas that they're thinking about. But, dude, they got a whole thing. If you go through their webpage, I went through it the, the day they sent me the link and told me they were thinking about doing the rule changes. And they said, uh, you know, there's a page you got to get to. It says select proposed category for review and commenting. I mean, we're talking about statewide, northwest, central, I mean, uh, south region, and all that kind of stuff where they, you need to know where they're going to be and the rule changes are. I mean, is this... Something it happens every single year. Jeez. Well, are every we gonna, year? Can you do tweaking. some? Can you do some digging and find out what they uh, are thinking about proposing for it? Because they didn't. They didn't include that in the email. They just said they're thinking yeah. about it. And if you'd like to go, you, would you like to have a detailed list for for next week? That would be nice. If you're going to be here, are you going to be here next week? I don't intend not to be. Okay. Well, you know. Good Lord willing. Yeah. If you get hit by lightning, we'll make we'll make some alligator. Alligator decides to take revenge, kind of like <laughs> we took revenge for the rod. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, or, or a Yeti cooler. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> those things. I happen. never missed a beat on the Yeti cooler. The Yeti cooler incident. I didn't miss a minute of alligator hunting. It's classic. I didn't miss a breakfast or anything else. That is true. You did miss a minute because you had to get the electrical tape well, out. Well, I had to get the pants leg cut off and the electrical tape and yeah. wrap myself up. But yeah. you know, did you at least get a tetanus shot? No. Oh, okay. I I actually have it on my phone, the date of my last one. <laughs> oh, I remember the pictures. I remember the vivid uh, pictures of the uh, the but, uh, forehead gash. But, you know, it, that's one of those, you know, storytelling marks, you know? Sure. When people sure. sit there and say, well, I got this when I did this. And, you know, I have scars from climbing down rain gutters in Italy, uh, escaping my, uh, what we, should we call? Captors. Well, yes. <laughs> yes, I was put in G my room G for punishment, and I decided I didn't want to stay in my room, so I was going down the gutter, sliced my leg open, you know, did those kind of things. Dove season starts today. September 26th goes all the way through October 18th. You got some time to get out there and go get her done. The next one comes up in November, and then the next one in December. Remember, you can shoot 15 doves per day. And you're going to have 45 in your possession. 45. That means if you're taking them home with you and the kids and all that stuff, just make sure you don't have, like, 97 of them. All right? And we're going to see you next Saturday. It is a big wild outdoors.